Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to take a look at Creator's perspective on healing to achieve mastery. Uh, a couple of questions kind of, you know, evolved to create this title. Um, like one question, for instance, why do some people bounce back from adversity but others become troubled? Uh, how does our karma affect our resilience in response to trauma and our ability to heal? Why do some people who handle the severe trauma well crumble from a repeat episode? So we're exploring some of the nuances of healing and maybe some of the strengths that people acquire from having to go through adversity, Carl. Well, and this turns out to be one of the, the most important obligations <clears throat> as well as opportunities. People talk about enlightenment. People want to have enlightenment. And they rush around looking for ways to get enlightened. And what we've been taught by Creator is enlightenment is really all about healing. So if you want to get good at life and good at being who you are in actuality, in your core being, you might need some healing in order to touch up the rough edges and the things that are holding you back and holding you down, maybe. Everybody's in a different place. Lots of people are struggling. Lots of people are miserable. And many have severe challenges, health difficulties, or they're not getting life right. There's something that's just not working for them. Maybe relationships, love relationships. It might be friendships come and go and are too volatile and maybe they're lonely all the time because they have no one to be with and and it can be an emotional difficulty of great severity and these are all healing needs but so is developing faith in the divine and faith in yourself those are the two requisites to get divine help You can pray all you want, but if you don't believe 100%, you'll get relatively little from the divine. They're tough. (laughs) And if you don't believe in yourself, if you think you're not entitled, you're not worthy of divine support, and you feel like you're doomed, you feel like nothing can work out for you. A lot of people have beliefs like this down in their subconscious. And it might be a doctor is, in effect, kind of cursed them by telling them that they're diabetic, they have cancer or whatever at stage four or what, and, and it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy in terms of the fact the divine can't even change it and heal you because you believe what the doctor said. And right. if that's a belief within you, it has to be respected because of free will. So there's lots to learn about this and how to learn and grow. And that's, often healing that growth is actually healing to restore us to a a better place more in alignment with the divine getting us back in alignment with the light that is what enlightenment really means absolutely well this first question we're kind of exploring the question of why 
two people that would appear to go through the same event and, and encounter the same kind of difficulties and injuries might have two different avenues to recovery, while one is kind of resilient and the other is not. So we're, we're going to kind of look at that in a hypothetical fashion with Creator. So here's the question that you ask Creator. Here's a tale of two auto accidents. Both drivers end up in intensive care with multiple broken bones and internal injuries that nearly take the life of both. Imagine both have precisely the same injuries. One is back on the road in three months and the other never drives again and even has panic attacks when riding as a passenger. So while both sustain the same physical injuries from identical accidents, they differ in terms of developing long-term trauma. One essentially brushes the whole thing off as no big deal, and the other is severely traumatized to the point of post-traumatic stress disorder. Can we assume from the identical injuries that similar karma was the reason for the accidents in the first place? Can Creator predict, given the question is a hypothetical, the likely karmic future of both individuals absent a divine healing intervention? All right, and these are Creator's words from my channeling. You are truly comparing apples and oranges. You want to see two identical humans subjected to differing conditions, when in fact the very existence of souls is a non-identical construct. No two people are identical to begin with. So even if they find themselves in seemingly identical circumstances with identical consequences, that is not necessarily the full picture at all. One might have greater vulnerability, but fewer karmic liabilities and ends up in a similar condition following an accident compared to another person who has a different makeup and a different history. But taken together, all the variables make the individuals look identical on the surface. So we can tell you that appearances are rarely what they seem to be. There are always deeper layers and deeper elements. The ability to weather a crisis can be a soul characteristic that favors one person over another and is not a consequence of weakness, per se, or greater karmic liabilities in their history that makes them more vulnerable. They are simply a more gentle soul with less resilience to being perturbed in various ways. This is a trade-off in soul characteristics. Many times the gentler feelings and sensitivity that make a soul-based being especially valuable and effective as a friend and companion might work against them in a tough setting where there's a tremendous challenge to them requiring great courage, presence of mind, endurance, and stamina to weather the storm, so to speak. On the other hand, the greatest differences among people are a consequence of the karmic battering that ends up eroding confidence, eroding strength and resilience, as well as stamina, because the sum total of karma is at work always and will determine the ongoing functional status and proficiency of a person. So they are not neutral at the start of any particular period of inspection. They have a history that put them together and help patch them together all along the way in the many ups and downs of other incarnations and the sum total of the life lived heretofore prior to the onset of the inspection window framing your question. Once an injury happens, it can be physical, emotional, or both. 
Usually it is both on some level, although the emotional might not be perceived from the outside observer's perspective because it is not so apparent as bruises and torn ligaments, broken bones, lacerations, and so on. So in your example, the individual who becomes petrified having to face driving once they recover from the physical trauma may well be someone who is more vulnerable because of prior karmic traumas making them particularly sensitive to having a physical threat to their existence like this occur. They may have been subjected to multiple severe traumatic injuries in any number of ways in other lifetimes that may or may not have been healed in cases when the person may have remained physically impaired for life or was killed in the course of the trauma. But even with full recovery, it is less likely that the emotional trauma of the event was healed successfully. People are not well equipped for that to happen. There is a disconnection from the divine realm which can support healing, as well as a disconnect within the person's own mind, leaving the deep subconscious on its own. And that leaves much undone because help is not given from the higher intellect. And so the deep subconscious flounders on its own and rarely receives healing help or effective healing for its own wounds and is carrying the burden of the whole being. It tries to contain this and keep the lid on, so to speak, but eventually things will likely boil over. And that is a perfect setup for a subsequent trauma of a similar nature to cause all hell to break loose in causing an emotional meltdown, and like the subject of your question, becomes traumatized and then having PTSD, suffering the chronic impairment that does not resolve on its own. So given all of these varying backdrops and variables in play, the key lesson to take from all this is that healing is serious business, And it has often failed to occur throughout history. All are walking wounded as a consequence. So whenever there is adversity, a person's reaction will be, in part, a reaction to all that has come before. So the consequences and outcome will be highly unpredictable, even to the individuals themselves. They may not know they have an inner vulnerability waiting to be re-triggered. It is like having a minefield that one is walking through daily. One cannot see the landmines and may have great apprehension about the possibility of a misstep causing something to blow up, but must simply soldier on, never knowing where and when such a thing might happen. Healing is always the answer. It can repair the past karmic vulnerabilities as well as help protect the person going forward from future difficulties. Healing is key, and it is the missing element in all of human history that would have changed the destiny of humanity long before now. But it is not too late if there is a broader appreciation of the advent of the Lightworker Healing Protocol to help people make up for lost time to heal their traumas. I think the biggest takeaway for me from this answer is that don't judge a book by its cover. 
you know, uh, you can't, you're not in a position, at least as a, as a normal human being, to see all of the inputs into a person and their reaction from a, a traumatic event, you know. Um, and so you're not, you're not in a really good position to judge. And if you're not in a good position to judge, you may not be in a good position to provide all the healing needs that are there. This is why we need the Lightwork Healing Protocol and divine assistance and intervention because they can see everything that we can't. Well, this this is really some wisdom on display here. I mean, the, I, I, what comes to mind is the saying, know thyself. And I think the reason that is proposed as a kind of kernel of wisdom and a watchword to be aware of and to live by is that it's not simple. It's not straightforward. No. Because we have these complexities, this mixed past history we're not consciously aware of even, and that can be an emotional well of grief and inner torment and inner conflict because the part of the mind will know and will be terrified about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a deep subject. You ask, Creator, Considering our example above, it is assumed healing performed by the divine in response to the Lightworker Healing Protocol requests would do wonders for the deeply traumatized victim. Such healing would likely remove or at least seriously reduce panic attacks and likely allow this person to resume driving, driving and getting on with life. But now the question is about susceptibility to repeat trauma should either of our examples suffer a repeat tragedy for whatever reason, karmic or otherwise. If we can assume the first individual who brushed off the first accident can simply do it again, what of the second individual? Is the second one likely to have a similar level of crippling trauma, necessitating a whole new round of divine healing intervention? Okay, well, let's see if Creator can unravel this a bit. These are Creator's words. Here again, there is a false assumption being made that the first individual who weathered this storm or the first accident will remain just as strong with repeated insults. That cannot be assumed. Many times a trauma is a watershed event that might be seemingly recovered, but will nonetheless leave a landmine in place, and this will trigger the pain of the prior event, which might not have been overwhelming on the first go-round, but with the second occurrence of the trauma be too much to cope with, and then the defenses will be overrun, and the emotional outpouring might well lead to overwhelm and severe emotional liabilities going forward. So there's always a balance between prior history and current events as a stimulus to possible changes, and then the future based on what is done in response to the events taking place, whether they simply must be lived with or one has a way to bring healing to bear. So again, healing is key. The individual who was severely traumatized emotionally in the first accident, if healing is done with the Lightworker Healing Protocol, may well recover from the fear of driving and the panic attacks and so on because of the repair done for the karmic trauma leading up to their vulnerability from the event in the first accident as well as the consequences for them in reinforcing the association between driving and tragedy. Such experiences will keep a person many times on the sidelines of life because they're too fearful to take things on and put oneself at risk if only theoretically. Once healed, 
this does make the person more likely to avoid a serious repercussion from a similar trauma if the long-term deep karmic events are sufficiently repaired as a result of the intervening LHP session. That formerly traumatized accident victim might well survive a second accident of a similar nature without the emotional, psychological complications seen in the first go-round. An individual who is particularly sensitive and vulnerable and who has a very deep and long karmic history of wounding might still be a work in progress at the time of the second accident, such that the healing has been insufficient to bring them fully up to the normal average resilience and imperviousness to wounding on the emotional level as a result of the physical injury. So there's a couple of things here that I think are important. The first thing that Creator points out is don't assume that somebody's going to be resilient the second time around just because they were the first time around. And I had the thought, you know, that, you know, prisoners of war, for instance, that that are tortured, you know, mm-hmm. they might be able to put up with torture for, for a month, but eventually they're going to have that breakdown because you just can't keep getting insult after insult after insult. You know, the, at the very least, the deep subconscious probably cannot take insult after insult sure, after insult. Sure, sure. You know. Yeah, the same thing seen with combat soldiers that they can take a tour of duty but a second one might not go as well eventually they might burn out and have to be uh, sent home right. because they have a breakdown and people have limits in what and the they breakdown might not even have occurred in response to anything unusual just the, the accumulation of too much you know mm-hmm. and it's yes. the straw that breaks the camel's back but unfortunately the straw that breaks our back right now is that we need a break so we'll be right back and more get wisdom right after this Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are looking at um, Healer's Perspective on Healing to Achieve Mastery. Again, kind of an exploration of, uh, you know, is, is healing enough or is there 
something we need to develop in terms of our own resiliency to to conquer and master life. You know, that's that's kind of the impetus for this series of questions, Carl. Well, and it is a challenge for most of us at one time or another, and sometimes every day. It all depends <laughs> on who we are, how much we've been kicked around, and our inner resilience, and all the prior things that might be stirred up that come back to haunt us. Yes, indeed. So we're learning about managing all that. Well, let's let's take a look at some more of examples. You asked creator, back in the 70s in the typical suburban setting, there was a young man who developed a reputation for disappearing whenever there was a conflict in the air. He was well liked by the vast majority he encountered and his friendship was widely sought by many. He was kind and generous to a fault, almost never critical, and a really good listener. Yet, at the slightest hint of trouble, poof, he was gone. (laughs) Was his disappearing a coping, fear-driven response to trauma that conflict could bring, or a wise response from one who was simply skilled at avoiding potentially troublesome entanglements? Maybe a little of both? Can Creator shed some light on this? All right, and this is Creator's Perspective. So here again, you are dealing with the hypothetical, and so are we, to explain there's a wide spectrum of possibilities here for any number of variables that are in play. So it is not appropriate to contrive a particular example as representing the general category of outcomes being similar, and that, such, and that people will or will not respond in a particular way as a group. There can indeed be much wisdom in avoiding a fight. This is embodied in the saying, discretion is the better part of valor. So it is all well and good to be courageous, but it is folly to engage an adversary on their terms if what one will end up with is an injury that could otherwise be avoided or perhaps even death. It is more prudent to withdraw and perhaps avoid such encounters altogether. When the stakes are high and it is a question of morality and ethics, and in particular karmic consequences that will weigh in to assign meaning to an action versus avoidance, that is a different matter. Destiny calls many to act and to act with dispatch and even take great risks personally with respect to one's own survival in order to be of service to a higher cause. So here again, one must weigh the factors involved in any given situation as no two circumstances are identical. There are people who always want to be part of ongoing drama, no matter what the reason for its happening. We would see that as reckless. The individual might experience it as having an exhilarating life of action and many times of great excitement. Because of their soul makeup, they might be thirsty for change and quite strong and resilient internally. That allows them to cope with any dangers and even potential harmful consequences, but likely to bounce back. And once the body is healed, they will be happy to launch in again to take part. When there is trouble, most people are in the middle and will err on the side of caution, in fact. To be sure there is a compelling reason to jump into the fray when there is a sign of danger. And of course, there are some who are so timid 
they will avoid a confrontation at all costs and are as fearful of their own inability to stand up to the challenge as their potential adversary. Here again might be a soul characteristic on display that is front and center because of the nature of a particular circumstance. But again, that is a slice of life and not a summary and indictment of the individual as a whole. Such a person might shy away from combat and harboring great fear, but devote their life entirely to someone else out of caring and love, even when it all but ruins their own life and means they will have little luxury or enjoyment because they're on duty constantly. For example, caring for a loved one who is incapacitated or some such circumstance. Whereas that strong warrior who's ready for a bar fight, as well as battlefield, may chafe under such constraints of being in service to someone 24 hours a day with little freedom of movement potentially. So many things in life will be closed off for them because they must stay close to home and be on duty. So there are many ways of measuring character and all other attributes that stem from character and morality. So this is a more complex discussion and equation needed than would appear on the surface. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that, you know, with Crater's last sentence, that this is a more complex discussion. And indeed it is. Um, but I think the takeaway is, again, don't assume anything. Because the, the complexities of, an, of any given individual and their reaction or involvement in an event can be indeed complex. And uh, souls have different proclivities. And I think that one of the things I'm learning from this is that even though we're eternal beings, you know, we're not all going to end up the same, even after an eternity, you know, because we have unique individual soul characteristics and our journey is always going to be infinitely different. Yes, absolutely. And that inner makeup is so little appreciated it's just who we are. We take it for granted. We don't do much comparison with others. And if we do, we often judge ourselves as being unworthy because we might like what we see. You know, the grass is greener right. over the fence. And, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, the males want to be that strong, resilient, confident, warrior-like, macho man. Some of them and, do for sure. <laughs> you know, and, and the ones that are timid and fearful, because they're gentle folk, right. you know, to over-criticize themselves as a consequence. But I know, you know, what comes to mind, you know, when we were talking one time about loveless beings and mm -hmm. the contrast, and, you know, that they prize that toughness and they're able to do almost anything because they have no conscience and right. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> So, you know, they're they're great in a pinch because they'll do and say anything to yeah. advance the cause they're in line with. But Creator commented, most women want a life mate who can be gentle and nurturing at times. They don't just want a bodyguard. Right. You know, they want a well-rounded person. They want someone who has a, a range of attributes. So, it, it, you know, it's not... All about power is no. the point. That they want it all, Carl. Just There's <laughs> different kinds of, well, that's true too. But they, they want, you know, people need all kinds of strengths. And there's yes. different kinds for different occasions. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
U.S. creator, deep-seated trauma can push people to develop no end of unique and even quirky coping skills. But once developed, because they have a track record of some success, such skills will likely continue to be called upon for new situations, even if the underlying trauma is handled well and healed. To what extent do such behaviors that would be better off abandoned continue to have a life of their own and become a bad habit rather than being eliminated once healing has been achieved? All right, and Creator says, This phenomenon is very common and is a typical consequence of having karmic trauma taking place in one's life. The individual involved will be motivated to process what has happened and adapt in some way. And this is what leads to the coping strategies you speak of, which are a kind of defensive mechanism to help them get through the challenge, as well as its aftermath in many cases. The fact these coping strategies can be maladaptive is a consequence of the nature of the wounding that takes place during the trauma itself. Once that has occurred, the need to cope is because there is a residue of continued suffering that maintains that wounding and awareness. And this demands a response of some kind because it is seen as a real threat to be taken seriously. A coping strategy is a kind of routine and a habit. And this is the clue to its nature. In fact, it is embedded within the physicality of the individual to some extent, as well as an energetic signature within the Akashic records of all that happens that is referenced by the deep subconscious to understand what has taken place and to keep it in awareness and on the radar screen, so to speak, to guard the self and watching for a future reoccurrence with some planning underway and how to handle it in the future should it come again. The persistence of the pain that motivates a person to have a kind of defensive maneuver that is seen as a coping strategy is in actuality a consequence oftentimes of cellular memory that is preserving the pain of the prior trauma and it is actively throbbing and buzzing and ringing alarm bells perhaps at a low level, but will nonetheless get noticed. And this provides a motivation and incentive to raise the drawbridge, so to speak, to put up the shields, to gird oneself for a potential attack, and thus be more of a mood of apprehension, concern, quiet reserve, watchfulness, and not to be freewheeling and carefree and lighthearted, So it will affect the demeanor of the individual as well as their ongoing emotional experience because cellular memory is a kind of landmine of its own. It is the most difficult part of trauma to heal. And this explains a lot of the subsequent emotional fallout from a trauma event when a person continues to suffer in various ways with nightmares, sleeplessness, increased anxiety, Obsessive recurring thoughts about the type of event in question as though they are rehearsing again and again for a return engagement. And in the process, reminding themselves of all that happened in stirring up the old pain. So this can become a vicious cycle of re-wounding and intensification. Cellular memory will fade if ignored for a long enough time. 
But if there is a repeat event of a similar trauma, this will reinvigorate the cellular memory and reinforce it and can bring back a set of symptoms and exaggerated coping response that was learned previously that faded but is now reborn. So these are some of the mechanisms of vulnerability that must be considered and reckoned with in terms of ongoing healing. It is best to do as comprehensive and thorough a job as possible, given that ability of consciousness to re-engage and begin to fret over things that have been healed previously, and because they are real and are a danger, will reconnect to the memory of what happened and then raise it to a level that becomes painful out of a kind of compassion and sympathy for the self, knowing from hard-won experience how difficult it was. So a person can work themselves into a tizzy and reopen a wound that is healed. You know, a couple of examples I was thinking of in terms of like, you know, coping strategies that might take on a life of their own is something like, you know, biting fingernails or, or even something as simple as a mother in the habit of giving her daughter a kiss goodbye before the daughter leaves for the day. And then one day when there's an interruption in the routine, the daughter leaves, the kiss isn't given, and the mother goes into a panic attack over, it, you know, thinking that somehow this has changed the world, that the kiss wasn't delivered, you know. Um, yes, people- that, that's a good point, because this cellular memory can manifest in behaviors, activities, even of a fairly complex sort, because there are many things the mind learns to do through a sort of muscle memory. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't think about it. It just is done by the body, so to speak. But the mind is involved also. So some of these maladaptive things become rituals, like your example. And you see that in a more severe form with uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive yes. disorder. <laughs> Yes, where people do. have their rituals, hand washing or going through some, you know, safety uh, kind of habit of behavior where they, you know, toss salt over their shoulder. They have to spin around three times or something. Yeah. And it, it ends up distracting them and making them look odd and it gets in the way of their life. Yes. But they have to do it. it and it's this cellular memory that is is going on. It can also revivify a bodily trauma event in a kind of mock representation. So an area of the body might start to turn red and be flushed and nothing really diagnosable. There might be some pain there or something. Well, this is cellular memory of a prior trauma and it might come from another lifetime. Yeah. And we've learned that something that memory is the, is that most difficult last layer of healing to get to get rid of because especially if you have like a chronic condition like I have asthma well, I've had it for my entire life and I've last you know a couple three years since we've been doing this project I've done a lot of praying to get relief from it and I have gotten relief but the asthma is probably better now than it has been in a long time but it's not gone you know it's still it still lingers a little bit. It still has a moments where it comes on. So it's a, it's a gradual fading. You know, when you're talking about cellular memory, it's not, <laughs> it's not snap your fingers and it's gone, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and it's given serious attention with the Lightworker Healing Protocol because 
the, the protocol is comprehensive. It addresses all types of negativity. But like you say, some things are um, hard and maybe long-term project at best. But that doesn't mean to ignore it is best, that nothing can be accomplished or what is accomplishable isn't worth it because we're in this for the long term. We're immortal. We're going to keep going. If you don't heal it in this life, you're going to have to heal it in another life. It's guaranteed. Karma will demand that from you. And it will likely grow in complexity and severity if no healing is brought to bear. Because we end up tripping over the same things and bumping into the same challenges and getting wounded in similar ways. And then it, it gets worse and worse over time. Indeed. Well, what's not long-term, Carl, is this segment. So we'll be right back right after this. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to this final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We are looking at Creator's perspective on healing to achieve mastery. So we all probably have some assumptions, Carl, about what healing means for any particular individual or even for ourselves for that matter. But we're asking, you know, what can we expect from healing? And is there a growth process that accompanies healing? Well, the two are intertwined because healing is the path to mastery, mastering one's life to enlightenment, that return to divine level strength, stability, and confidence in knowing who you are, what you're about, and what is the highest and best thing to do in the moment. And that being in alignment saves you a lot of trouble. It saves a lot of work. It, It seems like it would be daunting and a constant channel challenge and a drain and, uh, a, and a very tedious undertaking. But it's kind of the opposite. When you get there, 
that's when you, you can be happy-go-lucky much of the time because you've got the right equipment, you've got the skill set, you have the confidence in knowing what to do about things, and so there's less hesitation. There's not any doubt and fear and anguish, and things can flow naturally and un- unimpeded by your own foibles. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Indeed. a big payoff. Yes, absolutely. You ask creator, given the simultaneity of our multiple parallel lives, all trauma is essentially current and ongoing. Strength helps us to weather the storm rather than wishing for its termination. But clearly life presents circumstances where the individual just knows that trouble cannot be completely avoided, even with prayer, and so strength rather than deliverance is prayed for. Yet with what we've learned about prayer, it would seem to be the better strategy to pray for both strength and deliverance. Can Creator comment? Okay, and this is what Creator answered. There is a danger here with vague understanding of the terminology. What is needed as a priority is strength to mount the tasks at hand and to sustain the effort so that you prevail in the end in the contest between good and evil. If by deliverance you mean a rescue, this is in effect a disempowerment by surrendering the responsibility for your safety and progress for the divine to take care of on your behalf and to provide this for you because you're unable to achieve it on your own. There are times when surrender is appropriate. If you are so depleted that things have become unworkable and to continue living is to continue suffering great pain, it is far better to exit the body and return home to the light than to continue living in torment if that cannot be turned around. If the deliverance requested is for a temporary respite, so one can lick their wounds, regroup, have some restoration and replenishment for a return to the fray, then deliverance might well be prudent as a near-term goal. One can be in the throes of combat, but in a hopeless situation, and there's no virtue in sustained torture and torment if they can accomplish no forward movement. To be rescued from that circumstance would be the humanitarian thing to do in a more intelligent use of energy, despite the consequences constituting a kind of surrender. We would say it is good to include all possibilities that are favorable in a prayer request and with a healing effort. So to ask for both strength and deliverance, if appropriate would cover the bases nicely and give some discretion to the divine realm, especially the higher self, to weigh in concerning whether you have reached your limits of tolerance for terrible circumstances and truly need a rescue to be delivered from that torment, or simply need enough strength to soldier on and persist, to hold out until things begin to improve where a sustained effort might well be needed to win the day, and it is all too easy to give up prematurely and then seal your fate. So what might be ideal would be to pray for strength, wisdom, and deliverance so that you can be assisted with inner knowing and inspiration to have the best possible discernment in the moment what is most appropriate and beneficial 
to strike the right balance and having the strength to persevere, but the wisdom to avoid the folly of endless but futile conflicts and confrontations that will be fruitless and debilitating, and when to stand down, hand the fight over to others, or take a different tack altogether, including a decision to leave your current incarnation and withdraw. You know, I was thinking, as listening to this uh, response, that, you know, we called our project Get Wisdom. I suppose we could have called it Get Healing. That would probably work as well. But, you know, wisdom is something that we try to take away as lessons from the challenges that we encounter. And certainly insults and injuries are things that we encounter that require healing. And healing is, of course, a correcting of that trauma, a neutralizing of it. But it's more because it's also providing protection for the future. I think that's an important thing to consider. Yes, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a little bit the contrast between a process for improvement, meaning healing, whereas wisdom is more a state of completion. You've arrived. You have achieved that mastery in knowing what is highest and best about the current situation and your place in it. And that is a growth attainment and a state of enlightenment both because that's what enlightenment means. It's being in that state of completion to be in alignment with the divine, which is the advanced high level lofty place we kind of dream of, you know, getting to heaven and maybe one day seeing creator or interacting in some way and have that state of awe and bliss that that will bring for us. But you can have that kind of human level version for the asking and the effort to heal your way to be the best you can be in spite of all the baggage you have automatically because that's what life does. Right. I think it's important to point out too that obviously from a rational perspective, you know, the best way to avoid the need for healing is not to get involved in circumstances that are traumatic to begin with. But yet we came down here explicitly to be in a troubled, even downright traumatic environment. And the question is, well, why? We came down here to for other people, for to, to help humanity as a, as a as a mission, you know. So Trauma often is the side effect of wanting to change things for the better, you know. So yeah, it's practically there's a inevitable. Yeah. So it, it, there's a reason to jump into the fray, you know, uh, and a very good one. And trauma is going to be almost an inevitable result. So the growth process is knowing, you know, what your strengths are, what your weaknesses, how much you can contribute, and not biting off more than you can chew. That's always the ongoing balance we're trying to achieve i think yes and then you have the opposite extreme where people are disconnected and unaware and so you can use as a measurement of how much wisdom is available in the average person by considering the fact every human on the planet came down to be a light worker yes to work on the problem of evil And what are they doing with themselves? How are they spending their time? What are their goals? What do they think about all day? How do they live their lives? You don't see a lot of people yearning for wisdom, working at it, 
sorting through problems and looking for better ways to be successful at helping this dilemma of being in a faulty world. Yeah, yeah, they don't. See people a lot of golf tend to, playing, yeah, people <laughs> want to be happy and you kind of yeah. hunker down and and not get involved because it's it's difficult and it's yeah. painful and costly. So there you have it. it it's, yeah. There's different ways of looking at this. U.S. creator, wisdom is another commodity widely prayed for. Is this something the divine can impart directly, or does the divine favor a more experiential acquisition and use the prayer intentions to guide the soul to opportunities to learn the needed lessons directly? If both occur, when is the direct imparting of wisdom more likely to be utilized, and is such a direct upgrade temporary or permanent? All right, and creator tells us, Wisdom is gained along the way through life experience, largely. To impart that would short-circuit your own learning and rob you of the opportunity to discover things on your own and to take credit for your advancement and your gains and capability, much in the same way championship sports teamwork wins accolades and trophies from a championship contest they take part in, because of all the prior hard work and struggles along the way to create a track record of success. It is not something all will be able to experience because it is a demanding goal to begin with and only a few reach that tier through their efforts. So wisdom can be offered in the form of inspiration to consider a better choice, better idea, a better strategy that might not be in the person's awareness at the moment but what is needed for them to overcome an obstacle and advance further. If that is listened to and embraced, it becomes life experience. So in that way, even a divine assist is a kind of life experience in the end, and not an exception to the idea that wisdom comes from life experience and for a reason. This is why people are not the sum total of all they have been taught, They are the sum total of all they have lived, and that applies to any skill, including their quotient of wisdom they have gained. So when we pray for wisdom, what we're probably going to be able to expect is a divine hint, but not not a wholesale gifting is what I'm kind of getting out of this. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's another insight that's helpful. Just enough. The the divine realm is not going to do too much and hopefully not do too little either. That seems to the, the, the perfect balance. That's what we're always striving for. You ask creator, can creator share how prayer work and the light worker healing protocol can help us heal trauma as well as help us acquire the wisdom needed to cope with potentially traumatic circumstances successfully? All right. Creator says healing is the key to anything gained by a person. If you think about your lot in life, your station, your level of affluence, degree of experience, and knowledge base, it is not simply aptitude. Humans were not created to be something in particular, so we cannot create a certain number of accountants, a certain number of teachers, a certain number of mechanics, a certain number of scientists, and so on. We created souls with myriad potentials and characteristics with varying intensities among the many qualities and nuances of possibility. When you launch into existence with an incarnation, you reconnect to the Akashic records of all that has happened before in your soul journey 
and this will automatically give you benefits and liabilities. There will be good karmic potentials in play waiting to resume interacting with you, and there will be many negative karmic influences that have been on hold during a time in the light awaiting your return into the physical plane. Once you reconnect through the law of karma to the Akashic Records, it will be an ongoing influence bringing good and bad things your way. So you have an opportunity to work on them again with the hope of making gains, but the potential of adding to the problems. This is the essence of the life journey. It is largely about keeping one's head above water and making as many gains as one can with the goal of reaching dry land one day and being safe and whole in a complete sense. This is the healing journey representing enlightenment, a return to divine alignment with the light such that all weakness, all liability, all that needs a healing intervention is addressed and brings into focus why healing is the number one objective of life, as well as priority. If not seen to, people will fall by the wayside rather quickly, because they will become overwhelmed by their karmic backlog and succumb to illness or other destructive circumstances at a young age. The Lightworker Healing Protocol, as well as prayer, to provide a kind of basal foundation of well-being, are your ticket to happiness and success in the current life and a robust return with future incarnations to hit the ground running and be even more successful in the next go-round to reach even loftier goals and accomplishments. Because the healing gains from the life here now will help you advance to a higher starting point and a much more rapid soul journey, achieving your divine mission and graduating to a glorious future expansion as planned by Creator is within your grasp if you choose to act now. You know, so I see an open invitation here by Creator for us to maybe step into the fray and point out that we have an immediate need for healing that is more imperative than normal in the sense of the history of humanity. Because we are staring at an adversary that, frankly, wants to do us in, Carl. And so the Lightworker Healing Protocol, if we want to have future incarnations, as Creator mentions here, we need to do something now to ensure that future. Yes, well, evil wants to triumph. It's that simple. And most people are complacent. People don't believe in any of this. They only believe what they see, what's told to them through the media and so on. And they're missing the whole point that we're in a contest and it's up to us to win it. That's the reason we were created and time is growing short to yeah, get it way, done. The way to win it is the Lightworker Healing Protocol. You can learn all about it at getwisdom.com slash LHP. Get our free ebook on the Lightwork Healing Protocol, getwisdom.com slash LHP. We are out of time for this episode. Thanks for joining us, everybody. All right, be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 